And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our strength and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask you to speak to each of us then here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. Today it, uh, we are starting a new worship series, but we are still in the same season that we've been in for the past couple of months. And I think it's always good for us to stop and remember which season we're in. Now some of you may be sitting there thinking, Preacher, haven't you stepped outside recently? Don't you know that we are still in the dog days of summer? Yes, friends, all you have to do is look at my hair and realize that I'm very much aware, like many of you are, that we are in the summer months still. Even if school has started back, um, we are not quite to fall yet. But the season I'm talking about is the season after Pentecost. Season after Pentecost is also known as Ordinary Time or Kingdom Tide on the church calendar. And what we do is it's starting on Pentecost Sunday, which this year was on May the 31st, We count every Sunday after that as the Sunday after Pentecost. It's the longest season of the church year. Guess what? This is the season we're in until Advent starts at the end of November. And it's a long season. It's a season that at times, uh, as a church leader, you feel like it's never going to end. You're just ready to get to something different and something new. Um, And doesn't that feel like another season that we find ourselves in right now? of the COVID-19 pandemic. When will this season ever end? The good news is, though, the season after Pentecost is not a pandemic. It is a season where we are encouraged through the scriptures to grow in our relationship with God. And we began the season after Pentecost with talking about peace. And as I said when we started that series, I'm sure many of us are thinking, yes, peace. I need more of that. How can I get more peace in my life? And then we get, go through peace and we talk about, then we start talking about how to set our minds on heavenly things. And we think, yes, Lord, I need to set my mind on things that are above and not things of the earth. And today we're starting a new series that builds on those as well. And that is on the topic of unity. Unity. And that is a word that you're also probably sitting there thinking, yes, that's something we need more of. And as we've gone through each of these, yes, they're connected, but not in a linear way. Most likely you're going to hear something in this series, this five-week series, that maybe will make you think of something from peace. Or something from peace makes you think about how to set your mind on heavenly things. All of these work together because all, all of these messages work together. All of these scriptures work together because it is the matchless word of God that we just gave to our third graders today. Every piece of scripture relates to another piece of scripture. And that is especially true for the passage that we heard beautifully read today from Psalm 133. Let's press the rewind button for a moment and go back to May 31st, which was the day of Pentecost. And we remember on the day of Pentecost, a day in Acts chapter 2, where it was a high holy day, an annual festival, where all of the Jews from all of these different regions journeyed to Jerusalem together to give thanks for God's bounty and harvest in their lives. And people came from all over that day. But do you know, when, as, as the people were traveling in that day and time, as the Jews were traveling towards Jerusalem, they sang songs. We are in a season right now with the pandemic where we are constantly evaluating, is it safe to sing? Where is it safe to sing? It is one of the strangest situations and questions I have ever, that we've ever faced and I've ever found myself in. But what heart we can take in seeing that our ancestors in the faith 
sang on the way to the celebration. They sang as they walked to the place of worship. And I want to encourage you, especially in the season where we're having to limit the amount of singing that we're doing in this physical space, to really be intentional about singing songs to the Lord as you are traveling, as you are walking. And if you think that that people are going to look at you like you're crazy, don't worry. They already looked at me like I'm crazy this morning when I was walking the dog and singing Matt Redmond songs at the top of my lungs downtown. There was nobody else walking other than a couple of other folks. But I want to encourage you not to worry so much about what people think, but to sing these songs, to sing songs of praise to the Lord, to find those opportunities to sing where it's safe, where you feel safe doing so, because that is what our ancestors did. And this psalm, Psalm 133, is one of eight that was written, eight or nine I believe it was, that were written especially for journeying towards the temple together. So it would be like all of us um, who are joining us virtually as you came to your camera this morning, those of you who are in the building as you drove here this morning, singing songs to God, singing the same songs every single week. That's what our ancestors did. This was a song they sang as they traveled. And how beautiful would it have been on that for that day of Pentecost So many years ago when the Holy Spirit came in tongues of fire and like a mighty rushing wind, all of these different people who spoke different languages, many of them their skin was a different color from one another. It was a very diverse group of people. And they came together singing the same song. And the song began, as Bob read earlier, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. How good it is when we live together in unity. In unity, and on that first, on that day of Pentecost, the people came together, and the Book of Acts tells us they were in one accord. They were of one mind together. Boy, we live in a world where it is hard to think of us being of one mind, isn't it? And that's why we need to unpack what it means to be a people of unity. Notice that I didn't say a united people, because a lot of times when we use the word united. There has to be some qualification to that, but there's no qualification to unity in the kingdom of God. Unity in God's kingdom is everything centers around one person who is Jesus Christ. And from Jesus as our center, we can learn how to love each other better and live in unity with each other. One of the first things we need to remember, though, is that unity is not uniformity. Uniformity is all of us looking alike, dressing alike thinking alike, talking alike, and and God made us diverse, friends. God made us individually with individual calls on our life. Our three young people, uh, Corbin and John Marlin and Carlisle, who came forward today, each of them has a unique call on their life, and and God's word has been given to them to help them see what that unique call is, and it's the same for all of us here. We are not uni- we are not called to be a uniform people, but to be a people who unite around the one person of Jesus Christ. And we find unity. Unity begins and we begin unpacking what unity means for us by starting with humility. You cannot have unity without humility. And we cultivate humility in the worship of God, in serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is where unity begins because the more we look Jesus in the face, face, folks, the more time we spend face-to-face with Jesus, we can't help but see Jesus in our brothers and sisters, 
in our kindred. And that is where unity begins. And today's passage gives us a beautiful image of, where, of that humility. Look again with me in verses 2 and 3. Two metaphors here. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his, ro- his robes. In verse 3, it is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. Listen closely because this is something we may miss. Both of these images show something descending, something falling down, something going from a higher place to a lower place. This comes right after the psalmist sings that it is so good to dwell in unity. This sense of descending, the sense of falling, that reminds us of what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2 in a hymn. Did you know that Paul sang? Did you know that there is a hymn in the book of Philippians chapter 2? And it's a hymn that is all, it's an ancient hymn, uh, and we have no idea if Paul was a bass or a tenor or if he even sang very well. But this hymn was important enough to him that he included it, and it's all about Jesus being in the form of God. But he did not consider himself to be equal with God. Instead, he took the form of a servant. He humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. He descended from majesty into ordinariness. And in the Advent season later this year, we'll be talking about exactly that, how he left his throne and he became one of us in the incarnation out of his great and enduring love for us. And Jesus did so in the spirit of humility. And that is the spirit of humility that we're called to, one that descends, one that chooses to kneel down and wash one another's feet as he did. The spirit of kneeling down before God Almighty and surrendering our lives to him in prayer and in worship. This sense of falling, this is the good kind of falling. We know there's a bad kind of falling as well, but this is the good kind of falling where we lay down our lives before him, where we descend, that oil spilling down, the dew falling down, is a model for us of how we are to live our lives. But I want to take a moment to point out a couple of things um, before we wrap this up today. In verse 2, when, G- when, they, when the psalmist talks about the oil running down the beard of Aaron, just a little context there, Aaron was the first high priest. And in Leviticus chapter 8, he's the brother of Moses, and Moses anoints him the first high priest. He is set aside to lead in the worship, for the, to lead the people in worship. And when he is set aside for that, something that was done in, early, in those times to set someone apart for a certain type of work, there was oil poured on his head. This was also used when the king was when a king was crowned, and the oil just would flip. Was not it wasn't just a little bit of oil like you put on the forehead. No, this is taking like a huge a huge container of oil and just pouring it over his head, and it drips down and falls down all over him. And this is a sign of blessing. It's a sign of being set apart. It's a, and also it is an image of the oil that is used later to describe the Holy Spirit. Yes, Aaron was set apart all those thousands of years ago, but the oil that rolled down his face is upon you and me today. Because you see, Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, we hear that he chose to become the high priest. He took that place of Aaron. And when he took that place of Aaron, he made the ultimate sacrifice of his own life. And because of that, we are all the priesthood of believers. We are all brought into this place of blessing, this place of anointing, this place of unity that we are called into. And in the third verse, we see the dew of Hermon falling down. There's the oil on Aaron's beard and then the dew of Mount Hermon that flows down. Mount Hermon was the highest point 
in Israel at that time. It was the highest point, and anyone who's ever been on a mountain climbing adventure, has anybody ever climbed a mountain before? If you're watching from home, just raise your hand and look silly because none of us are there to see you look silly right now. Or if you're in the room, you can raise your hand if you've ever climbed a mountain before, and you know that the higher you go, the cooler the temperature usually is. And that, and um, closer to the top of the mountain, there's a deer, there's, there's a mist there. That's what was on Hermon, this, this very special, this very um, cool mist that would come that, that when it would fall down to the desert where the people were the desert where Zion was it was refreshing it was cooling it was something that could, could not be explained and that is the second analogy that the psalmist uses of something coming down low something sweet and refreshing coming down as a blessing and bringing not only nutrition to the land but a sense of refreshing Friends, when we live together in unity, when we strive to be in unity with each other, it is refreshing to God. It is refreshing to God. Don't you want to be found as a person who refreshes the Lord, who brings refreshing? That's what our worship is to God. When he hears our praise, when he hears our worship, it's refreshing because it is the sound of unity coming forth. Because you can't have worship without humility, and you can't have unity without humility either. And the psalmist sets before us today an example of where we need to start because we must learn to see each other as Jesus sees us. And we must learn, and one of the best ways we can start in cultivating that spirit of humility, in cultivating that spirit of unity, is learning how to listen to each other. And here's the hard part. All along, you're probably, you're probably thinking, okay, this I can do, this I can do. I can sing on the way to church. I can sing on the way to somewhere else. I can, you know, try, I can try to be like Jesus. I can worship him. But one of the things that we have to cultivate is really listening to each other, especially listening to those we don't really want to listen to. Listening to those whose voices and opinions might be different from ours. Not to try and agree with them. We are all going to disagree on different things in life. But we need to be willing to at least hear each other and listen to each other. And friends, starting there, listening to one another as if we were listening to Jesus himself. Looking at one another as if we saw the face of Jesus in them. That's the spirit of humility. And from the spirit of humility, we can begin to hear each other. We may not agree. We may not have much, in, we may discover we don't have a lot in common, but we must learn to respect and to adhere to and to honor the gifts that God has placed in every single one of us. Listening well helps us to see well, and seeing well helps us to bring about that spirit of unity in and with each other. So I encourage you this week to be intentional about listening to each other, to really hear what each other is saying. And also to take some time this week, not just to sing when you're headed somewhere in a safe space, but also to remember what it is to be humble before God, to descend. And there's something really simple that all of us can do. When you take the time to pray every day, be in a space where you can bow your head or you can close your eyes. And some of you, if you are thinking physically, that plays around with blood pressure or it's not, it's not healthy for you to actually physically bow your head, that's okay. You can stay in a safe place. We want you to always be safe physically. That's why we have rules and regulations around COVID-19 right now. And what we encourage you to do, though, is to simply add to your prayers, Lord, I bow my heart before you. Pray, Lord, I bow myself before you. I fall, and I fall before you in the right way and surrender my life to you. Take some time this week 
to really take that posture of humility in our prayer lives. Because you see, when we are face down before God Almighty, then His face lights us up. Let's take time this week to find ways to be face down before God so that we can truly see His face in one another and move towards the unity to which He has called us. Running a, a, a unity that runs down like holy oil and like the finest of mists from the highest of heavens upon all of us. May that blessing be upon us as we seek to live in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.